Hey everybody, what's going on? Carl Markowski here, and you are listening to the Playing On Podcast. Thank you for joining me. We are brought to you by Planet Eclipse, the makers of the Split Compact Gear Bag. It's pretty rad. If you go over to planeteclipse.com, you can check them out. They're a dual-layer gear bag. Uh, the top I use for all of my nice, clean clothes that I wear after the event. And the bottom is where I throw all my dirty, nasty gear. And uh, it, it's very, very cool. You know, it it it's smaller than a normal gear bag, but... I'm able to fit all of my stuff in there because I like there. You know, I have little spots for everything, but it's just the right size. It's great. Um, you can stack them in the back of a van, very, very well. So that's a good thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So thank you to Planet Eclipse for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, we are also brought to you by Midwest Clothing. They have a cool section of headgear over there. That's what I use them for. Um, I get I I you know a sandana from them, headband from them. I have um, let's see, they, they make pants at, uh, at Midwest Clothing, make shirts, long sleeves, they make all kinds of stuff. So make sure you go over there and check them out, MidwestClothingLLC.com. And uh, if you type in capital T-P-O-P, you can get a cool 20% off at checkout. So thank you, Midwest Clothing. We are also brought to you by Vantrition. They are the suppliers of the, uh, the paintball preload, the reload, and the uh, all kinds of proteins. If you check them out, Vantrition.com, they have... All kinds of sweet paintball supplements, as well as um, they make stuff for football, uh, baseball, hockey. You know, uh, the guy over there at Vantrition, he uh, he has all kinds of supplements for anything you need. Vantrition.com, and if you type in capital TPOP, you can get a sweet 15% off as well. Well, not as well, but 15% off. So it's pretty cool. Uh, thank you, Vantrition. We are also brought to you by carbon paintball they are the uh they are the providers of the base layer for chicago aftershock which is uh it's this cool under layer that has pads inside of it it's it's not too tight it's not very loose so it's cool everything stays in place uh, but they also make a very cool pack if you want to go check it out carbonpaintball.com uh, again if you type in capital tpop you can get 15 percent off at checkout so thank you carbon and lastly we are brought to you by raza paintball where they can uh, take some crazy idea that you have and mix it up and turn it into a ball and throw it onto a jersey or a t-shirt and bring it to life so that is pretty cool razalife.com if you type in capital tpop you can get 19 percent off at checkout if you're buying your you know kitten layered you know, jersey or tank top or, or whatever you want, they can make it for you, razalife.com. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors, and uh, and yeah, let's let's get into it. This On this episode, we have Mike Bruno, the one and only Mike Bruno, the coach of Chicago Aftershock, former player of Chicago Aftershock. Um, you know, a lot of people see Mike in a, in a different light, but, uh, you know, it's it's one thing to see him in, on the webcast and to hear stories about him, but it's another thing to actually know him and be friends with him and, and know how he works. No one's going to know how he works and how his brain runs but <laughs> besides him, and I don't even know if he knows, but uh, but he's a very unique individual, and I, I really enjoy him as a coach, as a friend, and I'm slowly beginning to understand him. So, you know, I had a really good time talking to him, and I'm, I'm glad he was able to kind of open up and sit down 
and sit still for a couple hours and uh, and talk to me about his position uh, as coach on Chicago Aftershock. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast, and uh, we'll see you at the end. I went over to the field a little bit, got a little bit of a feeling for the field and everything because it was the uh, the first weekend of the layout. But we also had the ten man mechanical today. Yes, which um, which we did that quite often today. Which it is what it is. We we didn't play as much on the on the airball field as we would have liked to. But you'd you'd have to say that's kind of like a I wouldn't say a tradition, but like we would. Being aftershock right now, you think we'd have to kind of play that just because Rennick cares. Because Rennick, Rennick wants to. Yeah, so we do what Rennick says. So we did it. <laughs> we were there and we had fun. It is what it is. We all got to be together. And the communication together. was good. Yeah, the guys did did great communicating. I mean, the guns are a little slow compared to what it is nowadays. That was a, yeah. That was a yeah culture shock there, buddy. Yeah, I, was, I kept trying to turn off my autococker. I didn't realize that there's no button on the thing. <laughs> I hadn't fired an autococker until I ran to that corner on, on the first point I played. And mm-hmm. when I wrapped around, I was like, oh, my Lord. This is just boring. Yeah. I was like, doom, doom. I don't know. We've got to get you a new chair because all I can hear is that creaking. <laughs> just, like that, all I was hearing was the creaking. <laughs> Uh, but while he's getting a new chair, yeah, we, um, I played a little bit on, <laughs> I played a little bit on the field today, got a kind of a feeling for it, uh, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be pretty interesting, I played with our D2 team, but, um, it feels real close, like real cluster yeah, yeah. together, I think there's gonna be a lot of, like, a lot of run-throughs, I feel, a lot of runs through the middle to their side, all that good stuff. But let's let's go back um, and talk about Rennick and everything. So when you were younger, mm-hmm. didn't know about paintball yet. What were you What were you doing before you discovered paintball? Well, I mean, in high school and stuff, you played baseball, football, and then uh, uh, drag racing. I was in the cars. We used to have our Mustangs, and we'd go out there and, you know, street race and stuff like that. And That was kind of, I was, I don't know, I've been doing paintball, man, since I'm 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So, competitively, when I met, you know, Rennick and them, did it. So, I just kind of went along with Rennick when I was, like, 16 and got on, it was called Aftershock 2, I believe, at the time. Um, we went to Nashville. We, we just got walloped, and then... uh then, then Rennick just uh, they had the aftershocks. Then Danny Love moved out here. They weren't believers in young people being able to play paintball at the time. It was you know more middle aged guys. Um, and then Danny Love came. And he enabled me to you know we were best friends and he let me play. You know he told them basically, hey, Mikey's playing because they mm-hmm. I think they went to their first national event and they took eighth place. And uh, I was better than. Well, I felt I was better than a lot of the guys on the team, if 
if not the majority of the guys on the team. Yeah. But I was just too young in their eyes, you know. But I wasn't afraid of anything. So they uh, they went to the first event. They took eighth, and then they picked me up. And then what do you know? We won the next four or five <laughs> events. I'm not saying it's because of me, but. Now, you said you, you met Rennick through street racing? No, I've known Rennick used to. How did you meet? How did you meet Ren? Rennick, when I was young, young, Rennick had a fast car. He used to, he used to kind of talk to or whatever my babysitter. That's you know, I was like seven or eight years old. Really? He was that dude. Yeah, with the you know, and then uh, then I started playing uh, paintball with uh, my friend at the time, Jamie Westerman, and then. His brother-in-law was Rennick's best friend. Huh. We were young little kids, and Rennick was selling uh, paint guns out of his basement. He had a little store in his laundry room, and I would have my grandparents drive me to his house, and they would just drop me off, and I would just, I was like 12 years old, I'd just be hanging out at some grown man's house. I wouldn't leave. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just loved paintball. Yeah. And then I used to... I don't know. I started mowing lawns to pay for paintballs, and then I would make those bore swabs. Uh, they're, yeah. they're gun swabs now. They use it for the real guns, but I had my own little. The company. ones that have the little, the cable on them, and you. No, them? those were the jerk squeegees. Marty Bush it made those, but these were just the basic one dollar stick dowel rod with a little material. I'd hot glue it, and I'd sit there and just roll thousands, oh, the straight, the hundreds, straight stick ones. hundreds and hundreds at a time, and that actually gave me a whole lot of money to. So you started that? Yeah, that was me. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my mom, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was... Because my dad's stuff people was stupid. It wasn't a sport. You know? Right. It wasn't football or baseball or something like that, so... I think that's a lot of people, though, like, when they begin, like... My parents, they didn't know what the hell paintball was. And it was... It, if it wasn't football or baseball, what they're accustomed to, what the hell is it? You know, right. why should right. I invest time in... I mean, yeah, they, they did eventually, and they... They supported me no matter what, but you know well, they they didn't see it as seriously as I took it. Well, my parents, my my dad didn't thought it was stupid. You know, um, probably till the you know day he passed away, he thought it was just you know whatever. He think he came to see me play one time. Right. I got in a fist fight during a game, and that was the last time he ever ever came. And uh, the pro game? Yeah, it was in. Uh, yeah, it was in uh, Joliet, in the, like it was like a, in a football stadium. It was like you know before Airball, but they had these like uh, bunkers that were made of tarp and like like metal rods. I don't know. It was kind of silly. They were all low to the ground and everything yeah. like that. But uh, did I don't know? That was the only one he ever went to. And then uh, my my mom, <clears throat> it was more or less the experiences I'm ha I'm going to have. Mm. You know. The, the places I'm going to go, the memories I'm going to get, the travel, all that stuff was more where the, what they supported, was the friends and the experiences you, you're going to be able to see and experience. Right. So that's what my, my parents were all, all thumbs up about. And my mom knew who everybody was. My dad was just, he was just my dad. He was an old school Italian guy. He was cool, but he was, he was tough. Mm -hmm. You know, he told you the way it was. So, uh, was your family like a, a? Were they a military family? Were they kind of well, into my sports? I mean, my dad was in the Air Force. He he was a starting running back for Illinois, um, the college. So he, 
don't know. He played with Dick Buckkiss. You know, he was a hard nose. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He went to. They were opposite schools, but they grew up, you know, across town and stuff. He used to tell me stories. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, I know he went to Lynn Bloom, and it was it was cool. He was a. Uh, they were great parents. They we, they took us everywhere and uh, kind of did everything. You know, for your kids, for the right. kids. So it was. Uh, I was more spoiled than my sister. I was actually very spoiled. Compared I'm to my sister. Just my sister. Just my sister. Just my sister. Yeah. So I was like the. I was the only boy, in the entire family Oldest? to carry on the name. No, I was the only boy. I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. You get spoiled. Um, the only boy. I, you know, besides my grandpa, because my sister was his favorite, or my mom. But that was my. Oh, it was pretty cool, you know, growing up. I was just yeah. got, you know, babied, and you know, and I got to experience paintball through, you know, I worked for Ren forever, got a job when I was a junior in high school with them, and then when I was a senior in high school, I would get out of high school at 10 a.m. so I could go to the store. Mm -hmm. and I would I would be at the store, and I would have to. I would play paintball all week, like as much as I can during the week. Yeah. And then uh, once we, st I started to play an aftershock. I don't know, it was uh, paintball. I mean, six days a week. You know, we would never stop playing. You know, but then I had to still work, and work, and then Rennie going to lumberyard also, mm -hmm. and he would sentence you over there to few weeks or a few months you'd have to go there and you'd have to start at 5 a.m and then you i'd have to shower at the lumber yard and then drive straight to bad boys and work there till nine right then i'd go out drag racing and paint play paintball in between there but it was paintball 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 all you know all day every day i don't think there's a day f I, yeah we nailed it but um, <laughs> you were, he had like four cups of coffee. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make your own. <laughs> it was Carl's fault. He told me he was screw his habit. I thought he, I thought he was on his first cup still like I am. He's like, no, this is like my eighth. <laughs> Everybody who's listening is ten thirty, and it's after a long day of paintball, so. We're trying to stay up to do this podcast. Most people won't drink coffee at ten. Most people won't drink coffee at ten thirty at night. They're thinking crazy. <laughs> yeah, just stay I drink that Sorry. shit at two in the morning. Dude, and go right to sleep. <laughs> so, and that's Brian McKenna, so, our, our Canadian pal on aftershock. So anyway, we just, you know, it would be just I don't know. You would eat, drink, and sleep, paintball, drag racing, and girls. My whole God, I don't even tell. Till you know late twenties, yeah, stuff like that. So when you first got on aftershock, was there like an instant rivalry with any specific team right away? Well, or did I it mean, kind of build up? No, when I was young, before the like it was like Rennick and them's first pro events. They were like, they were the hitmen, and then they were then we were scream. Mm -hmm. I was just you know so young. I would tag along, but I was on the team. Yeah. You know, he, he Rennick was great, dude. Let me get this straight. He would, I mean, you know, here's a teenager, a little teenager. I'll be 15, 16. He would, I, I would sneak out at night, for instance, on Friday night, go to my girlfriend's house in the middle of the night, and then I would wake up. Rennick would pick me up there in the morning. You know, he would pick me up, 
whenever Saturday morning. He was like the son that he didn't have. Because yeah. he has three girls, right? <laughs> so <laughs> He finally got a grandson, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he would... I can't even... I don't even know how to describe it, dude. Like, I mean, a young teenager and this, uh, you know, he was upper 20s at the time. Yeah, just kind of took you under his wing. Yeah, and just would always pick me up and he would just... Because I was always faster than everybody and right. I wasn't afraid of anybody, you know, so... Were was, you... Uh, were you pretty tough like in high school I mean yeah playing sports you gotta be I was smaller in high school did you get in fights or anything like that in high school yeah I had issues you know I always always got into it but I kind of shot up um, towards the end of high school I, I, you know and then I, I hung out with certain guys out of high school that were all fighters all mm-hmm. and Rennick and those guys used to just beat beat me senseless um, you're talking about the shot guys at the time Rennick yeah. and Gary Noblet, they would, uh, they would, they would, they would beat me up bad. But that was like a different time. I want to talk about that too, like how today's pro circuit and programs and kind of overall mentality is is different from professional teams back then. Like I feel like teams back then it was so just cutthroat feeling you know what i mean like it, it was like if you do something wrong you would be we're gonna you let would, you know it well yeah you would it wasn't a shocking moment to nothing would would shock you like you could you know f you to somebody and then get punched you know by your own guy you know you just yeah. hit and you'd be fighting you know and then it would be broken up would you still be best friends because we were all great friends all of us but do you, you think know, it was that way just on aftershock or no it or was all it was it was we were more physical we would always you know punch but i was raised you know um rennick and stuff always kind of raised me as if somebody says f you that's a fight mm-hmm. and you should hit them before they get the you out of their mouth yeah so you know growing up that way um like you know after i graduated when i was 17 from high school Everybody, I, put, I was put in, you know, a little bit like those few months early, so I was that younger. Mm-hmm. I was a year younger than everybody, but it would just be like, yeah, just hit them, just take off on them, you, you know. Figure it out later. Don't just stop. don't take any shit. Just yeah, just 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 hit them. Mm-hmm. You know, if if somebody says something to you, or if somebody comes near you, or or whatever, because you don't know if they're gonna hit you, or you don't know if you know. But that was a different time you, yeah. nowadays. You got some idiot standing there with a with a phone. Another idiot calling the cops, and this dude that you just hit sues you when he he was screaming at you, calling you names, and then walked towards you. But he was really gonna chest bump you. But I don't know what you're gonna do to me. Yeah. So I'm hitting you before you could even do anything. Yeah. And just take off on him. But, you know. But you just get yeah, it's crazy. There's no no way that happens nowadays. No, because everybody's a bunch of little. I don't even want to get into that, dude. It disgusts me. You know, guys will twist an ankle. Oh my God, Bruno! I'm by a camp. I can't. I can't run the snake, or I can't. Yeah. And suck it up, bro. Okay. When that horn blows, it, you can't feel it. Right. It's the adrenaline. So you just go. I don't care if you got to hobble out there. Hmm. Just, just play, man up. So do you think, like, kids, not just off the field shit, like you're talking about, um, like the fights and whatnot? Do you think that? the way that kids are nowadays and players are nowadays that that affects their play and and uh, their well, belief in themselves on the field? Do you think that that affects it? Or is it just kind of a different mentality now 
to where they, they get that from somewhere else. They're entitled now. They feel they're entitled. Why well, entitled to this when you're really not entitled to shit, okay? You're you're entitled to my honest opinion. You know, so like if you play like shit, okay? Mm-hmm. You, what am I gonna say? Hey yeah. bud, you tried. No. Here's a medal. Here's a you tried yeah, here's medal. Here's a you try medal. Come on, buddy. <laughs> no. No, you know, yeah. and that's what society is today. Is is uh, oh my son got a participation award, or or I did this, or I, and it's just like, no man, okay, you give mm-hmm. that them when they're little kids, but when they're they get a little older and they understand and compete, and stuff like that, it's just, it just it takes a different person. And today's society isn't like that. If you look at like paintball, for instance, because we're we're here for paintball, you have. Um, these great teams, these great players, these great, you know, like Impact, for instance, they're a spawn from my generation. Okay, you have like a J-Rap, look at his dad. You have, um, you, you know, Bart's kids. Now, maybe Bart wasn't, you know, at the super high level with them, but it didn't matter because the dude was playing professional hockey. Hello, mm-hmm. okay, it doesn't get any more competitive. Yeah. Than a professional sport, so he knows what it takes, you, you know. So you have Goldman Mousen. with uh, with Hinman, and then Hinman. Well, that's what I meant. That that's yeah. Alex, Alex Mouse. Yeah. So you have that being spawned from that. You have Dynasty. You have I don't Kyle Spicky and all those Dalton and all these guys. You're a product of who trained and raised you, and that's the little minions. Mm-hmm. Okay, those kids can play ball, and they're from our time. Right. You have. I could go on down the, down the line here. You have the the Russians on Heat. That's from later in my days. That's still from our breed of time. You just it takes a special person. You could be a great player, but it takes a special person to know how to win. Mm. And these kids, like, I'm not downing anybody, but nowadays it's like I'm entitled to. I could go out there and I snap shoot this and that. So I'm entitled to play, and I'm. I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, you've been at Delta, okay, for you know back bunker yeah. or a mid bunker. For you said you ran out of paint. What? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. You shot. You went out there with seven pods, bro. You should have been gone when you shot four. Yeah. Okay. Or five. Well, it's it's knowing the situation. Exactly. Right? So it, so anybody can shoot the gun nowadays, especially with it being ramping and whatnot. But you have to know how to play the situation. That's why I think. You know some of the greats in your generation, and some of the and the greats in our in my generation, or even in sports in general. Look mm-hmm. at Tom Brady. Look at you know. Look at uh, you know. I, I was going to say the Blackhawks, but they got knocked. <laughs> Whatever. Well, they t- were dirty. But anybody, anybody great in their sport, they are great situational. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. athletes. They know what to do at those certain times, and. And just because, and I'm not saying everybody's like this. I'm not saying everybody coming up in the scene is like this. This is just who I have seen, who I have had experiences with, who you had experiences with, is this whole, well, you know, I can afford this marker that I have, and I'm, I'm full head-to-toe, top-of-the-line gear, and, you know, I, I deserve a shot on the team, or I, I, I this. I, like, you're, you know, back then you were lucky to get a look you were you lucky had to, to ref. You or, had to know somebody. 100%. Now, I, you know, realistically, if I did not know Rennick, I could have just been a weekend warrior or 
freaking got on some team and then slowly worked my way on. It'd been a lot harder. Yeah, and I may have never even got a chance because I, I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. But I knew Rennick, and what Rennick surrounded himself with was we were all the same competitive-wise. You know, we had football players to baseball players to hockey players to fighters to, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, the karate, whatever. And from all over too, right? All, yes. Michigan and so you you just all of us kind of congregated together, running, surrounding us with competitive dudes that knew how to play sports that were athletic. Mm. There's a huge difference. You, you know, you could take an athletic person and turn them into a great paintball player if they, you know, listen, comprehend. The game comprehend the, yeah. You know, because if they're an athlete, it's there. You know, and then you had those other guys that were, you know, amateur, so to speak, when in actuality, what the hell is amateur? What is pro? It's just, I'm pro. I'm not pro because I'm not being paid full time to play this, but I'm way better than you. For mm -hmm. some reason, way better than yeah. you. So we have to make these other divisions. It clicks okay? better for you. Yeah. yeah. So I was part of the time where they had to develop amateurs, different levels because of the different levels of suck. You know that these guys had, yeah. and then it was just us. And it wasn't that I was a way better paintball player than you. Is I wanted to win. I didn't care what it was, whether it was a card game or a video game, anything. I was going to figure out a way to win. Do so you think that competitive level was? Yeah, different? yeah. You, you know, um, I don't know. It's just it, it, it's a different time. It's a di like I, I don't. I so don't is that know. what you, what you think made aftershock? Uh, of the early days successful is that everybody everybody had that that super competitive edge to yeah. it yeah and, and another thing is is we've talked about this many times is <clears throat> you played one game okay so I played I played these younger kids like Bad Company say or or Dynasty mm -hmm. but they were Iron Kid or whatever I don't even know what Alex and them used to call themselves they, they had some name before the or like there were iron kids but whatever point being is we played them one point one one game well i had some we had tough big dudes on the team so you know i could threaten you i could i could you know these guys physically, could intimidate, physically you. intimidate you they could you know get you a little bit on your heels of wow that guy threatened to beat me up so that going, brings in the whole mental going side into of the, game. the game now I'm either you're not scared of getting beat up by me or you're a little scared, but either way it's in your head. So you planted that seed. Yeah, it's only that one point. So that little bit of timidness, I'm gonna take advantage of that. Nowadays it's just you know, you keep playing, 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 playing. So there's no you know, I can't intimidate you, I can't do nothing to you. Mm -hmm. you know, but back then you you could. And if you're in somebody's head, you've already won part of the game. No matter what you're playing. Right. You know. No matter what you're playing, it's just, just, it's just the way it is. I feel like back then too, with with ten man, I, I feel like it was so, um, it was so much more mental back then because you spent so much more time. There's so, twice as many guys mm -hmm. now, and you spent so much more time because the games were longer on the field. And the whole tournament itself, I, I, I feel, was probably longer too, and felt longer mm -hmm. that you could do things like that. And, yeah. and and now it's not really. There's a lot of well, people who know people, it, 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 and it's now today paintball is 
is repetition. It's it's the same feel. It's the same thing over and over. There's no change. The best teams, maybe one in five points, they throw in a move. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they do the same Very exact standard. thing every game. Maybe if you shot him going to the god or something like that, the bunker before the snake, you shot him going there. He ran there twice. You shot him. Now all he's going to do is change his path of travel up. Right. You know? But it's the same freaking thing where these idiots sitting there shooting a the lane because or shooting a bounce shot on you. Right. What the hell are you doing in practice with 40 cases of paint shooting freaking bounce shots, dude? That's that's there's no skill in that, okay? Mm. There's no skill in that. You want skill, you want to even out some playing field. Release those bunkers right before that tournament starts. Release that layout or or do figure something out. So do you think it's smarts rather than skill at that point? If they're like I let's say they find, I think it's repetition. So they find that bounce shot. Do you think it's rather them just finding an easier way to shoot you out? The real dude is gonna find it on the fly. Okay? Right. The real dude is gonna see that during the game or or whatever. And that's see, but the now skill. all that's being taught. That's but the thing. That's it's the like, skill. The way I always looked at it is if if I'm firing Okay, and I'm gun dominant, and I think it might like. Ooh, I bet you I could ricochet that in there. I'm gonna try. It. I'm gonna yeah. do it. I'm, you know, and if he comes out, oh, I mm-hmm. worked. But don't you think that's more of the ten man mentality too, though? Because you had the time to do that back then. You had the time to go to kind of see that real quick, and kind of had time to think about it, and then time to do it. And then I feel like now it's so. Like you said, it's it's so repetitive to where you see it, and then you just automatically do it. But it's something where you just you just see it, you go do it instead of like finding it. It's like it's already premeditated because you've just, walked the field a million times, you've played it a million times. I just think the player skill is is down compared to. I just think the repet- repetitive play of over and over, you're taking the skill out of the game, mm-hmm. the skill out of the player. Not to say these dudes aren't great players. Some of these dudes are awesome players. With X-Ball? Like you feeling like that's how it is with X-Ball? Yeah, right? yeah. The, what, what we're doing now, in my personal opinion, it's pretty pretty lame, okay? Because mm-hmm. let's face it, you can't film paintball, okay? Sure, you could film little games. It's pretty damn tough. N- nobody watching it, nobody, outsiders, knows the the adrenaline, the feeling you have, or the intenseness of that game situation, mm-hmm. you know. And with this air ball, you've you're watching the game. You see a guy sitting in his bunker, and he's like this. They can't see feel the paint going past those guys filming it. They can't feel your weight and your weight. It just looks like he's just sitting there like this. They so can't see. I don't see know why nothing. they didn't go with a, a, a bright shell. Like that's why I never. Well, with hyperball or stuff like that, you could be sitting there like this. You can see it. Post it in. It's going. At least it's cool. Yeah. You know, at least there's loud noises. You know, there's not balls going boom, 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 boom. Eh. I mean, I, I, it's just, I, don't, I just don't, it takes the fun out of, you know, someone watching the game and you can't film that stuff. I just, so figure something else out. What that is, it's over my pay grade. Mm-hmm. I got some ideas, but I'm just, I'm just Bruno who's a spaz. So, you know, what, who, who am I? But you guys, I've watched the sport from when I was young grow and then stop and then the recession then it went and then I kind of got out of sport and then I came back 
And I was in shock at how small it was compared uh, to what what it was like when I played towards the end of my my playing career. Mm-hmm. You know, right before the recession, it was like it was big, dude. It was big. It was a great atmosphere. There was players' parties. There was you know things going on and stuff. Nowadays, you'd be damned if you want to stick around at that paintball field. What what are we gonna stick there for? Yeah, there's nothing there. You know, unless you're oh, obligated to something. Oh, a trade then. show. Oh, a trade show. Yeah. Cool. You guys sell all that on the internet. Nobody's gonna buy it anyway until they go to they go on the internet. And, mm-hmm. You know. I mean, so at least, at least for us, there's no real unless we're doing a signing or we're scouting teams or anything. Right, other right. than other than that. No, we want to get there's, out. Of yeah, it. there's really no oh. need for us to stay, and yeah, that that is a lot different. Like. It was so much fun when they had player uh, player parties at like World Cup and stuff like that. It because not because it was a giant party, but it was just a big gathering of everybody with the same interest mm-hmm. playing paintball. And it was like a, it was like another. Oh, I just got a cramp in my. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude! I oh. Shh, I, the kids. I'm so but I do not want to wake my daughter up. It'll be on and pop, dude. dude I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna just spit apple juice all over you, dude. I felt it tightening up, and it like started building up, and just squeezed my leg, and I had to kick it straight out. I'm sorry. <clears throat> That's from being dehydrated all day. But anyway, where were we? Yeah, uh, it's the big the size of the events. And, 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 oh, and, it, it, yeah. Um. But uh, but with the players parties and everything, it was like another another beside your team. It felt like another big family and community Dude. that all got together and had a same interest. And you just don't that doesn't really happen. There doesn't. It happen was nothing to be like. <laughs> it's eleven thirty at night. You got a little buzz. I was hanging out with. I may have mf this dude on the field. I may have done whatever. Screamed this and that. We screamed at each other. Now we're drinking together mm-hmm. and stuff, and we're friends because that was just Bullshit, on the paintball man. field, you know. It's mm-hmm. just like any other sport. On that moment in that game, we're intense. Off that thing, maybe ten minutes level. later, we're cool because you just shut it off. Well, it'd be nothing to be eleven thirty at night and be like, "Holy shit, dude! I haven't even showered yet. I'm still <laughs> in my freaking gear because yeah. you were having a fun time yeah. with your with your boys and with you know." Freaking bad companies, boys. All Americans, you know, Iron Men, just hanging out with them. And, yeah. And amateur teams. Who knows who? Who knows who they were? You mm-hmm. know, but they know you, and they're cool, and you're drinking with them. And that's possibly how relationships get started with with, oh, you know, hey, the players' party. I talked to this guy, and I was like, you know, if you might have saw somebody play, and he and he recognized them, you're like, hey, that kid's kind of good, mm-hmm. you know. And then that's how you get looked at yeah. or picked up, and. Um, yeah, it's just it's weird. It doesn't really happen that much anymore at, at all. I wish they would do players' parties again. They don't, and I really can't grasp what it is that they're missing, but they're missing something. Yeah. And, you know, with all these fields they have and all this shit going on, the pros are playing and, you know, fucking on the other side of a state compared to where the amateurs are playing. Mm -hmm. Well, who's going to watch the pros play, okay? Because nobody from the outside going to just show up at some park and pay $15 or $10 to come see these dudes play paintball. It's going to be the amateurs and stuff. 
So, but they have them playing at the same time. And then they have them 200,000 miles away on the other side of the facility when their game might be in an hour where they ain't going to walk all the way over there and mm-hmm. watch the pros or nothing like that. So it's like, that doesn't make sense to me at all. You know, I, I feel there should be a pro only one weekend and then maybe a few weeks later there'll be an amateur only. You know how they used to do it? That just gives the pros and the amateurs to look up to, you know, I want to be like Carl. I want to be like Carl. You know, I get to, I get to, I'll drive two, three, four hours to watch Carl play in Chicago at the Chicago Open, and I'm from, you know, Michigan, or I'm from Wisconsin, or I'm from. So you take those surrounding people. They come, they pay. The other people buy the webcasts. They watch you and stuff, and that's someone to strive to be like and stuff. But no, all they get to see of you is what's a little bit on the webcast from that night, which is always down anyway. You know what I'm saying? So we got to wait till it loads or we got to wait till when they get back online. And then these guys don't get to ever see you play because they're playing. It just doesn't make sense how they do things. But it just seems like it's a congregation of let's make money and let's do it on this weekend. It's a business. I understand it's a business. But at some point in time, and I'm not a, you know, like some of these huge business guys like Richmond, these geniuses and stuff. But somewhere along the line, you dropped your prices and stuff to get those numbers up and stuff. So you might be taking a little bit of a bath on a profit for a little while mm-hmm. until everything builds up, and then you just slowly increase. That's just, I would think that's the same thing. Let's you know maybe invest a little money to really boom this thing up, make the amateurs feel special at their own event, the pros. Maybe do something different. You know what I mean. So if you did a, if you did just an all pro event, let's say the weekend after the the amateur and divisional event, mm-hmm. do you think that it would matter if anybody showed up or not to watch? I think they would. I don't think it would matter about all anything. I think dudes would be there. I don't care what anybody says. If you picked five fields across the country, okay, the five top fields per se. Right, like um, Alex Martinez's field. I've never been there, but I just hear good things about it. So I'll, yeah. use, I'll use him as an example. Um, I, I hear it's great and everything. So you have a field that even if it rains, even if it's a crappy weekend, it's still going to happen because it's still a nice-looking facility. Now on the camera, on the camera, what that webcast is showing, it just looks badass, it, you know, that field. Yeah. So now you have all these amateur teams that aren't there. Right? Well, that's just more people that are going to view it live. Live viewing. Not later viewing. Live viewing. You know, because they can't remember because they're playing. Mm-hmm. And then or you they're have, there. Yeah. Or they're, yeah. Or they're so, watching it there. Or you have t- <laughs> How often do you see crowds in that freaking thing in the uh, early mornings? Not until Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. Not until the, when it matters. And Yeah. Again. I'm not telling anybody what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? These dudes are way above my pay grade. But there's got to be a little bit of thought going into that. Like, so why isn't there? But, like, if, let's say they did an amateur and a pro event. Is it going to be worth the company's time and money to haul all their shit to... They don't have to haul all their shit to... They do a small webcast. I guess they don't for, have to do No, a pro they do event. a small webcast for the amateurs. Like, maybe show... You know, a little section at one field or or whatever, you know, and they do something small and they walk around interviewing and they do that shit because that could all be done small. Mm-hmm. 
for the pro event, okay, for the pro or and the semi-pro, they could both be the same weekend. Doesn't matter on those. You know, you have just one paintball field. You know what I'm saying? And then you have it filmed right there, and that's where you kind of put that effort. The trade show, we don't have a trade show because we don't need a trade show. We right. might have, we might have like. Like you saw today, GI send the little box fan. Like a trailer of Ooh. gear for all Ooh. the teams. Yeah, yeah. Lenses Ooh, like and all that. that stuff. They could have little tents. You know, that's it. But for the amateurs, they get the royal treatment for that big event with the trade mm-hmm. show and stuff. Because let's face it, they're the ones spending the money. Right. You know, we're spoiled. You know, we allegedly get the pro deals and stuff like that. When in actuality, there's always somebody kicking the bill for that. Yeah. You know, somebody's always somebody's always paying for it. So back, so back then, like uh, early two thousands, late nineteen nineties, what was the trade shows like then? Like, was it was it huge? Was it was it huge because there were twice, three, four, five times as many teams playing, people playing paintball, interested in the in the tournament scene? Yeah, and it was. I mean, it was ten man. So some of these teams, a lot of these teams, you know, they said they had more teams at World Cup last year than ever, never had. They're only five-man teams, bro. Some of those guys only got six players, yeah, seven players at, at the most, and stuff like that. Well, we, we had 10, okay? We had 10, and then they had the five-man. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was five and 10-man. So those 10-man or five-man teams, they played 10-man too, but they had two five-man teams in there and stuff like that. So it was, you know, five-man event at the same weekend, Right. You know, World Cup would be a five-man on Wednesday and Thursday. And then the 10-man on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it, I don't know. There was just a... I mean, man, there was crowds of people there watching stuff. And who knows back then if it was our families or whatever. But you know what you could do? Is if you were Joe Schmo across at Kissing Me Old Town um, with your family mm. and stuff, you could walk across and watch the freaking games without pain, okay? Right. Without... You know, and you can see the top teams. And I just don't know if we're at the point where we could we could charge people to come see us play when, I mean, in my opinion, you're making tons of money anyway, dude. I could do the numbers, okay? I may not be the big money guy, but I could, everybody could do the math, Yeah. okay? So somebody's profiting, okay? Well, why do you have to profit $10 off of a, a, a grandpa that wants to come see his grandson play or... Or somebody passing by wants to see what it's like, you know, because they have these things at parks or common places, mm-hmm. you, you know. D- d- no, you got to pay, bro. I went to Toulouse in 96. I got off the airplane in Toulouse, and there's freaking posters, okay, of this event off the, in the airport. See, that's that I've said that over and over on the podcast. Dude. And in Paypal, I, I feel like the, the NXL... And whomever else we need, I think needs to spend a good portion of money on marketing. I feel like it's so huge that we're only, you can't market because it just comes down to being an ad at that point because you can't just market the people that are playing the sport and understand it already. But if you can market market it and make it interesting to people who don't know really what it is Mm -hmm. and have them somewhat interested in actually going to the damn thing, well, I think that's going to be the big turnkey on on flipping this you know paintball world around and getting people who even companies who are not really interested in it or know much about it into the sport. Well, let's face it here, okay? The fields 
was retail, about $8,000, okay, for a brand new field. Oh, you're gonna give me a deal, six, $7,000. Okay, so I've got a six, $7,000 field. How many fields are gonna have two of those, right? Mm. Yeah, well, they might have an older field and, a, you know, so they have that. But when I would say Joe Schmo and his buddies come out there and it's their first time out there or second or third, whatever it is, and they're playing woods. But well, what are we playing woods for? That's Isn't that where the competition is? Yeah, okay, so let's go try air ball. Oh, then there's like a D3 guy out there, a bunch of them, mm -hmm. maybe one or two D2, whatever that D stuff is. I don't even know how they qualify as that. Yeah. Um, I mean, all I know is I, I hadn't played for five years and I qualified as D1. What? Dude, <laughs> I don't even have an APPA. Are you kidding me? Well, you're, you're, you're Mike Bruno. So what, dude? I'm fucking 10 years older than what I was. Yeah. You know? But anyway, um, so you have these guys want to go out there and play. Mm -hmm. They go out there, and it's the worst experience in their life because they get They're machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> they get cut in half. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, well, okay, let's never do that again. That's pretty gay. See, and I, I preach that a lot too. Is that you know those are the guys that are kicking the bill, you know, for us for us to play at the, the level we're at. And it's not just it's not just the pro there goes players' the responsibility. Don't forget, there goes the entitlement. Right, this freaking. D level, pro, um, whatever. Oh man, how much for that case of paint? Oh, mm. dude, come on, bro. Just challenge whatever. They'll charge me X amount of dollars for a case of paint. Well, it's five dollars less, bro. Mm. I have to make some money off of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait a minute, you guys are going to pay that much, and these other dudes are coming, right? And they're going to the same counter you're going to, and you're paying. And they're paying shkadow. Yeah. They're paying for three cases of paint for one case. Not bitching at all. Not saying a and word. Yeah. And they're going out there. Maybe they only buy one case. Maybe they buy two cases. Okay? But they spent the money. Mm -hmm. They bought the guns at full retail or something like that. Or went online yeah. and buy their gun and then, you know, whatever. But... We got us. I'm not paying that entry fee. Yeah. Hey, but and then you're using that dude's air. And then you're air, a dick to that red player who comes out and wants to try yeah, airball. Yeah. And now they certainly don't want to try that again. And they're just going to continue. And, the, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong playing in the woods or playing no, rec ball. No, but those rec ball players have no idea they're funding you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're over there bitching on an eight thousand dollar freaking field, and then you shit on these dudes when they come out there, and maybe one yeah. out of ten. One, if, if, even if that's the ratio, I guarantee it's probably one out of 20. Dudes that come out there and go to the air ball, stay and and keep hammering with that. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, we got a little kid out at the damn field. Uh, God, I can't remember. It's Cody or he, he he played on one of our local teams. R Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Dizon works with him a lot. and His dad's great dude and stuff. Cody. And I played at Fury, and then he played for us. And, but he's 12 years old, and he's out there kicking it. That's one kid, bro. Okay, that's the one kid in the past three years that I've seen. Yeah. Like, stay with it. Everybody else is there when I came back those mm -hmm. years ago and stuff like that. So I got one. There's a little kid. Uh, he's not young, okay, anymore. That Ben from, uh, he was with always Sarge, the Canadian Ben. What a great, nice know. little kid. You know if you've seen him. Great, nice little guy. Um, he's one peep person that I've seen that has stuck with it and stuff. So, but now these are people I remember 
Why do I remember? Because there's very few of you, okay? Mm-hmm. There's very few of them that really stick with it competition-wise and stuff like that. And and because it's discouraging for the others or, you know, and then it's so expensive. Oh, I could just go on and on and on. It, it's just, there's, there's a lot. Even those dudes that are getting the deals, those D-low teams that are crying and bitching and moaning, they're spending a thousand to two thousand dollars an event mm-hmm. to go to an event out of their own pocket. Holy shit! Yeah. No wonder why you disappear after a while because your old lady snap on you, bro. I get freaking attacked by you know my oldest son's mom. Every woman I've ever had is basically you know this has caused the biggest problem. And then my godsend Dawn, you know. Um, she still bitches about it nonstop. Why? Because we lose, or because so you're gonna get that home life stuff, and then it's just like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too expensive. It's just too. I'll take this year time off. Time consuming. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. it's just, and it doesn't pay out. It doesn't. You know, it's like, oh, we went out there and we watched. Uh, I don't know. Some dudes just get able to do whatever they want, and mm-hmm. some other dudes get penalty after penalty, and. Right. It just—it's just like when is enough enough? You know, when is it gonna? When is someone gonna step in and say, okay, here's the way it's gonna be, and this is how we're gonna do it, and we're gonna stick to this format, mm-hmm. and we're gonna try and make the best of it. We're gonna do a three-year or two-year plan, okay? Whether that's cut it down to two-man, three-man, whatever you got to do to make it to draw people in yeah. and to make it less less money, limit the paintballs, do this, do that. I think M500 would be cool. Don't release the layout. Ooh. I think that would be cool too. Don't release the layout. That means to the idiots aren't standing there two centimeters off their bunker. Saying, yeah, a little bit more. Oh, kick the bounce a little bit that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I just shot a thousand paintballs. Oh, it doesn't matter. Sarge's paying for it. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. You don't have that because there's no sense of sitting there taking that bounce shot over and over because it's not. that's not the field you're playing. Yeah. You, you know, unless you've got like well, Bart and Randy, they'll satellite the goddamn thing from, you know, while they're setting it up. Cause like they, they set it up, uh, what, Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday Thursday night. morning. Some, or, somehow they'll hack into... That's the tough part. It's like, you know, the, the computer and freaking be playing the layout. But even <laughs> even if they even if they set it up on, on uh, Thursday night, it's still... I mean, even if they went out there with flashlights, it's still not... They're not going to be able to play it. You know, right. so it's still anybody can go out there and do whatever. But I think that's a good idea. But see, that brings in that who's going to see this the best in that hour you get to walk that field. Okay, who's going to figure that out? Mm-hmm. You're going to see more stunts. Okay, because stunts are going to work, so yeah. it's going to be more exciting rather than the same. You're going to see it develop dude, on the field instead of in practice. You watch these games, dude, and some teams just do the same thing over and over. Robotic. They stand in the back. They cross here. They do this robotic, totally. They just, they, 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 shooting. What are they shooting? Oh, for the pros, our sponsors paintballs. Okay. I think that's, just I think that's shooting, a huge shooting. thing. I think, I think M500 would be so, um, <coughs> I think M500 would be so cool to see because it's limiting that factor of, I can shoot all the pods on my back. Yeah, but see if. At this one spot. I don't know how I feel about that M500 BS. How I feel about the whales being released, that's the biggest deal because that takes, instead of um, you having to shoot, you know, maybe 100 cases of paint on mm-hmm. a, any given weekend to play that layout, 
And the owners don't have to spend that much no more. And yeah. maybe okay, the five hundred. Now they now your paint out coats goes down from a hundred cases to forty cases, fifty cases. Now you know what that does? That might add three more teams, six more teams in the pro or in this. That might take a kid that's just can't afford it anymore and make him afford it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That takes the, the the sponsors from not giving me X amount of paint, not giving um, impact or whoever these teams are, not giving them X amount of paint. They give them this amount of paint yeah. to shoot. And, you know, just, I don't know, it just evens the playing field and it it saves people money. You know, I mean, my best friend, you know, John, we, we run shock, the team, and they're freaking... They get sponsored, okay, and they get helped. Mm-hmm. I said, but they're still just coin out. You know, like some of those kids work a good week and take all of that, you know, they have their money for their bills and stuff, and take all of that other money they could be putting away and then, you know, for a couple weeks worth. Mm-hmm. And that's what they have to spend there. So for three, four weeks, you either hustled or you worked or you did something to get to this event and then you're still broke. Yeah. You, so you know, even some of the pro teams. The, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, when is that going to stop, man? When are you guys going to... What? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things up in the air. And a lot of things that we think need to change. Uh, and then there's a lot of things that people think they, they, they don't need to change. And other things need to change before that. So it's everybody's opinion of what would make the league better. But nobody really knows yet. Because Bullshit, people don't know, bro. Well, it's we don't know rich until we men, try it, fail, try it, fail, rich try it, men fail, has try been it in the sport, um, you know, probably almost just as long as I have. Um, you've got all these other big people in that sport almost as long. But some of these things now, I'm biased, okay? Richmond is... I didn't care when he was on a team opposite of me and, a, and, and his other... We weren't sponsored by them or whatever. The nicest dude... I've ever met in my mm-hmm. entire life. You hear that? You hear that, Richmond? <laughs> no, but um, I, I mean, seriously, a yeah. all-around great dude. Um, has good intentions for the sport. But then you have these other these other people, you know, like they want their own league. They want to do... Nobody can just With go, their own intentions. Ooh, and yeah. get along and put... Die, put your money in. Richmond, put your money in. They, they all want to compete. Now, I know that's business. Do you think it's because all those guys, all those business owners are former players and have that competitive attitude and want to be the best, want to want to be the best, on be own? the best at once? Isn't isn't being the best promoting the sport, promoting yeah. the sport, making the sport grow, not making it stale, making it just even mm-hmm. keel and stuff because it never gets above this. It always gets there and then it goes back down. And then well, somebody's they, always making money off of it, but do they, they want it to all, grow? Can they just all get along? Yeah. But I'm saying we don't have to like each other. I don't have to. This guy doesn't have to like this guy. Doesn't have to like this guy. Mm. But we have one common goal, and that is to grow the sport. Okay, that's it. You know, right. um, I remember being at a we were in a meeting last year when um, Under Armour came in. Mm. Now we're hashtag Nike buddy Nike. Okay. Yeah. But. Um, the the Under Armour and I guess Ryan Greenspan or something had gotten into kind of introduced that and was trying to do that trying to get a dynasty shoe and all oh, this is so he's like well, what, that's BS because you, you know you're gonna 
you're going to profit from that and this and that for for you guys getting you know us all buying Under Armour. You want us to buy Under Armour, and you're going to be benefiting from that, Ryan, and this and that. And he's like, mm. "Well, I'm not. No, we're not benefiting anything. We're trying to, you know." And then, and then he got cut off. And I'm like, "Bro, I'll buy Dynasty spikes. You know why? Because that shows we're going somewhere." Okay, I'll buy a spike that says Ryan Greenspan on it, Morpheus. I will buy that spike for my child because that means the sport's growing. And if Ryan benefits from it, if Ryan hooked it up, okay, so what? Give Ryan 50 cents. I don't give a shit. He did it, okay? Mm -hmm. He did it. Kick him something. He deserves it. But you know what? He's developing the sport. Or, you know, because he did it. You idiot. He did it. Yeah. I'm not going to point the names out that brought these things up, but you know they know who they are. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, dude, you, you come on, bro, come on, bro, give the dudes the credit. Yeah. You know, and you know Bart and give give give, give the guys some credit. They're trying. They're, they're trying. Okay. The PSP towards the end of the PSP got a little shady. Okay. In the beginning it was cool and everything. Then it just started getting a little, a little weird, a little biased, a little. I didn't even know what was going mm-hmm. on. And then, then Bart, you know, like, screw that. You know, yeah. we don't like the way that's going because you guys are screwing people over. Let's do our own. But now it's seeming like the NXL gets gets that way, you know. And, and it's like, when are we just going to come up with our own league? Like, not the freaking insurance scam thing for the $70 right. a year. But somebody that's just going to come up with all these set rules, this set league or whatever, maybe instead of paying $3,000 entry, we pay X amount, but we put X amount into the organization to pay whoever to run with the rules and everything. Or marketing. Or something. It's not so did it feel deal. this way? Did it feel this way back when you played ten man and you guys refed each other, and was there this many politics and this much bullshit? Yeah, it was politics because uh, obviously it, when you if, guys are refing each other, there's well, if you knew too. like it, like if we played in an event and then the next event was Chicago, and those refs roughing us, they know we're gonna ref Chicago. That would screw us over too bad, buddy. Right? Because it's gonna come back to you. Believe it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if you screw me, I'm gonna screw you harder. And so it kind of evened up. The it, it evened it out a little bit, um, you know. And you just had it was it was neat, man. It was it was neat, and it's just not that way anymore. Hmm. It's just not that way. Well, it's very stru- it's, it, I feel like now it's just very structured, very ones and zeros, kind of a thing. So it's, it's still political. Okay? Right. Nothing, nothing's right, changed right. there. It's still the most political thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, uh, you see little infraction, and flags fly. Then you see big infractions. And nothing fly. Why? Because of maybe who this guy is or who this team is. And it's not like, I, I can't picture like, you know, we all know him. I guess I'm bringing it up with like Russians brought up about impact and stuff like that. You know, I do not picture Bart going up to the refs and being like, listen guys, you're either all fired if you throw any flags. No, that doesn't happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can't picture that. But what I can picture is those refs out there. Like, well, this is the owner's league. Never saying anything to to Bart about it. Bart never, we can't, I don't want to piss that dude off. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So their mentality going in is, or, oh my God, that's Randy. So do you think it's skewed already? Sure, 
sure. before the tournament starts, sure. essentially. Sure, sure. Towards, you know, you, you see uh, like Damian Ryan, for example. He could probably walk on water out there and get hit and kind of do whatever he wants. Not because he's some big industry dude or anything like that. Because he's Damian Ryan, dude. And he's, every, a lot of people like Damian Ryan. And so I don't knock any. But I think that's officiating anywhere too, though, because I mean, how many how many calls have you know professional I used to get football away with players murder, call? bro? And, yes, and, yeah, and yes, yes. Yeah. So more power to you, Oliver Lang. Come on, he could he could start at B, get shot in the break, and go all the way to the and bring the buzzer, and with seventy five hits on him, and he just smile. You know, I'm Oliver. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I but I don't I can't knock that. Mm-hmm. And just like what I brought up about Bart, he's not doing that, you know. But those things are, if you look from the outside, when you see who's the best team in the world, this team, who owns the league, hmm, it just doesn't look the greatest. Or Heat's on the, and they deserve every bit. That freaking team is like a machine, mm-hmm. okay? They really are. They can be beat. But they're so repetitively sound, so fundamentally sound. They're like a just a wheel, you mm. know. And there's nobody sticking a wrench in their in the wheel to stop it or right. anything. It's just it's a perfect machine. Why? Because Bart is a ex professional competitor. He knows everything that needs to be done to win, and he knows how to do it. So he's going to do it right. perfection. Then you have, um, they could go on for days, and you have. Some some guy that's got all the other money in the world, but he's just kind of trying to compete with this guy over here, but he just doesn't know how to compete. He just doesn't know how to build the winning formula, okay? He just knows he has all the money to build a formula, mm. but he doesn't know how to build a formula. So I'll surround myself with friends, right. and I'll pay those people to, to do this. And then you're, you know, paying these guys to play paintball, which they don't deserve, okay? Deserve what they win. Basically, or a little bit, whatever, whatever you want to hook up. But a guy doesn't deserve to get fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to play paintball. Be nice when you don't perform. Well, no. yeah, but I mean, that's that's another thing where paintball is completely different because it's not like we have budgets. It's not like we have you know a minimum you know salary going in, right? So it's it's very it's very paintball is very its own world. But um, but I, I want to kind of go back to uh, when you were playing paintball. Still, did you say that you left around two thousand eight? No, around the recession. Earlier, earlier, earlier than, than that. that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because two thousand eight, I was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Paintball kind of, you know. There's not all the. There's dudes that like to party. There's this and. Kind of take a backseat for you. Yeah, I had I you know um, the off seasons would kill me, um, just that off time and maybe it's you know you meet a, the wrong person you go down the wrong path because you have all that free time and paintball starts back up again. It's hard to collect your 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 personal life and mm-hmm. stuff when you you've been in shambles for three four months and uh, you know then it just starts showing and then people start talk behind your back. And then I just, it was like, screw it, I'm out of here. And then I, I got in some trouble and stuff. But was this after you guys had won 
and you kind of started losing a little bit more. I would travel twenty sometimes a year, and it was burning me out, and it just it just takes its toll on you after a while. Traveling because I mean, you guys won, you know, how many ten mans, how many World Cups, how many? I would go net. there expecting to win. Yeah, you yeah. know, so it would be like. You know, just you go there, you plan on playing s- Sunday. The first two days were just like, let's go and just kind of play mm-hmm. and learn this stuff and maybe learn a couple moves and stuff. And then turn over and start Sunday. So uh, I, we were always in it. Maybe one time in my career we missed Sunday. So we were always in the mix. So it was just like, uh, I would get this much. If we won, I would get mm-hmm. this. Well, I'm going after the first place prize. That's all I'm going after. So who who kind of was your guys' uh your the thorn? Oh like who like not just who would uh, who you liked playing, we, but who we would were always talking give you about trouble. That. We were talking about that. When I was young before my first pro pro event, um, the all Americans, I used to hear horror stories about them, you know, cheating, this and that. This is when I was very young. Mm-hmm. So I formed a hatred towards them you know I mean before I even like stepped, a preventative hatred just hated them yeah just oh you're gonna cheat okay it's on basically type thing I remember the first tournament was Boston which we won and they used to drop all their pods well, we we had to in, pay in for our pods they were $4.95 a freaking pod bro I'm putting it back and it was only a yeah. round pod I'm putting it back I couldn't believe we just beat the shit out of them beat them all back in the thing and as I'm walking off the field Holy shit, there's six pods behind this tree, five pods behind this tree, ten pods behind this tree. I'm freaking coming out. I got my chest all stacked up. I steal all their pods. Screw them. You know, it's all yeah. Americans. I don't even know who they are, but can't, screw them. You know, these idiots just left their pods. I'm <laughs> 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 taking all their shit. Yeah. And then uh, it would be the all Americans mainly. I mean, Iron Who gave Man. you the most trouble as far as, uh, uh, you know, games? Game yeah. Oh, I never thought they gave us any trouble. They weren't. I mean, they I mean, what, what particular Iron team? Man? Maybe. Yeah. Iron Man. You know. And then there was a Avalanche when they came along at the time. They had such great individual players. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't get it together like as a unit. But then occasionally they would, and they were good. Yeah. You know. You, um, so you guys, you think you you probably were the most. Consi- I mean, the records show, but. You, you think you guys were the most consistent as far as placing and winning? Us and Ironman. Yeah. Us and Ironman. All Americans were always there, but they, they played a, I, 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 just a sit there and cross it up type play mm-hmm. and hide and let them let you cross their barrel yeah. and stuff like that. And then they had great shooting guns and stuff. Personally, um, I just disliked the team, not the individuals, right? but the all Americans name I disliked and so you would play in that with an attitude and even though we'd play them in the finals or whatever I never I never was intimidated by them I never is it because you're indiv- Italian and they're no, all Americans individually I never thought they I mean dude I'm not disrespecting other guys because they're great guys no, Yeah. I never thought they could well, that's a rivalry right? I, I, I never mean, thought they could hold a I never thought they could hold my jock, basically. Right. I just thought it, whatever I wanted. Yeah, of course the dude shoots you and it's an accurate shot. No, Iron Man was another team like us of athletes and attitudes and in your face mm-hmm. and come get you when they have to come get you. Might be a slow game and shit, 
and then the time starts winding down, well, they will stand up and run you down. Right. You know, Americans will let the time run out. You know, so to me, eh, you're just LA's. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll just let your hair out of your tire at the hotels. You know, type things. It happened to them every event. So the, re- the reason I was bringing up the whole consistency, consistency thing is because Chicago Aftershock from Chicago, uh, you guys as a 10-man team, you would practice here. Mm-hmm. Um, would you have teams come down and practice, you guys, pro teams? All the time. Uh, so you had that. Mm-hmm. Um, we never would so go besides, anywhere. So, so, and yeah, so you would have But we were good enough you. to where they would come down. So just you like, had that advantage. Yes. So what do you think is the biggest difference between the the aftershock starting to win and starting to get their, their balls rolling back then in the same situation we are now, the same area, whatever, to the Chicago aftershock of today. What, well, what do you think is missing from that puzzle? One or two guys that knows what to do when the time comes. And that might be, say you're in the snake, Right. You know, I mean, do you think it's it, do you think it's playing not playing enough pro teams? No, no. I think it's you, or having to play at indoors during the God. Um, you know what I mean? Marcus Allen said it. It takes us that special breed, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, like 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 you're in the snake, for example, and say um, Nick Nick Sloviak or whatever he dies, right? And you're like. And he's a great player. Mm. Like God, damn it, this dude's dead. I gotta go win this game, and then you do it. Okay, right. doesn't mean just just stand up and try and run somebody down. It doesn't mean, you know, you do what is necessary. Okay, you move when you need to move. You back up when you need to back up. You it you takes, just take on that responsibility. You take it on, and in your head, and that whole time, that whole time, I'm not gonna quit. Because let's face it. When adversity comes, it takes that dude to be like in that bunker to where they don't try and get shot. I don't know how to describe it, but they know they're not in a good position, mm-hmm. so they'll just try and fight. Knowing, you know, and they're just trying to, it's the fight or flight thing. It's not the, no, I gotta figure out how to win. You're almost hoping to win because you're hoping to win and you're trying too hard to yeah. win, but you know you're not gonna win. You, thinking the odds are almost against you. Yes, and, yes, yeah. yes. Instead of thinking, I know the odds are against me. I'm going to pull this bitch off. I'm going yeah. to show you. Being on the right side of yeah. the odds. Putting yeah. yourself on the right side of yeah. the odds. Yeah, it was, Joe Montana said it. It wasn't the, um, the wanting to win, okay? It was the fear of losing. Right. You know, so that caused you to want to win. And, you know, it's like guys go out there now to not not to lose and I, people look at me like I'm cross-eyed when you say that you go out there so you and try not to lose rather than go out there and try to win okay I think there's a huge difference I've said that multiple times you to know, guys that's like going into a fight like mm-hmm. this and hoping the guy gets tired and swings himself out yeah. you have to hit mm-hmm. you have to or you can't win a fight yeah. it's the same thing yeah, sure. You know, you have your your people like a Mayweather. They go their whole entire career, don't lose, dancing around and doing angles on you. Right. And then you have, you know, like this paintball team. I'm not going to 
I'm not getting target on me, dude. Right. I already have one. Of dudes just they go out there and they just go, mm-hmm. and they're just what? That's gay, dude. Yeah. That's lame. So how I think of it too is like you you don't want to go out there hoping that the person makes a mistake. Yeah. I feel like you waiting. want to almost force their mistake. Yeah, it's like yeah, okay, whatever. Like. I don't know, Damon, I wanted to choke slam him when he said that. Oh, it's aftershock. They're going to make a mistake. No, you faggot. We're going to try and beat you, okay? I'm going to try and stomp your head into the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit back and hopefully you swing I, you swing and miss and I fall and then you could hit me. No, dude. I'm coming to fight you, bro. Come yeah. fight me, okay? Why are we here? We're here for, man, you're, screw you, you yeah. know? That's how I look at it. Like, yeah. that's gay, okay? Just sit back and... You're supposed to be a great player. Show me. Show me you're great. Yeah. Don't sit there and wait for me to make a mistake. Because mm-hmm. I'm coming. I'm coming. You know, I'll tell you before the game. I'm coming to get you. You know? Whatever the case may be, I'm yeah. coming. You know? Let's let's fight it out. Now, if I'm up three points or some shit like that, okay, maybe I'll sit back on you. Now you got to come get me. Because yeah. I beat your ass for the first three rounds. Oh, yeah. Okay? So now you come and try and earn that, that victory. You know, because well, I think when while you're playing, you can sense the intimidation from somebody else that you're playing mm-hmm. by just by just playing against them, snap shooting against them, or, or or playing against them. You can sense that intimidation or that control. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what you and I are tr- and Sloviak are trying to help with some of these guys is that uh, you know you have to almost you know tell yourself that you are in control of the situation and have that confidence and have that confidence to make those moves mm-hmm. when they need to be made and you know we we made mistakes at the last event but you know i think there's definitely something that can be fixed mm-hmm. with just playing another event you know so having that having that first event jitters out of the way i think is great because i think we ended on a high note with beating uprising um, but we were in, like, we like, in a, like against games, the, yeah. the first game. The first game, we won the first point, and then we had issues in our pit, yes. which should not have happened. We had internal issues of our first tournament together of what eighty percent of our team, the first pro mm-hmm. tournament, seventy percent of our team, the first pro tournament. We had internal issues. The second point, the third point, and then I think the fourth point. Yeah. Like we went down 3-1 or something like that. Yeah, it just that was ours. Mm-hmm. You didn't beat us. We beat us. You may have thought you beat those points. We had some issues. I see that. And then, you know, we brought it back. And then we, you know, just stepped on our stepped on our, our, our things. It was too late. We couldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Then we played, uh, what was it, Infamous? Impact, Inf- Infamous? Infamous. Was Infamous. It? Infamous. Because then we went to we we tied them. Yeah, it was back and we forth. We gave them that game, and then the overtime point we we lost by making a mistake. But you go from no no, no it should have never been in overtime. Right, right. But but we I'm, what I'm gave saying, them that game. You out go of an from experience. the outlaw game where we lose mm-hmm. by two or three, which they playing, deserve to win. They yeah. deserve to win. They to playing infamous, to playing infamous, tying them up and going into overtime. So I think that's a huge jump. And then playing Impact Saturday morning, being in the game, and then they kind of pull away a little bit towards the end, but we made a few mistakes. But then, and then we go and we beat Uprising after being down 
Two well, points. That, see, that's never happened. Is that first game, that first game we lost against uh, uh, lost. OMG, the first game we lost um, last year's team, if we would have played Infamous, the second, they would have freaking 6 one us or something. Mm -hmm. They would have been so discouraged from the other one. Then we would have had a fair shake against Impact the first day, yeah. you know, first game of the next day. And then maybe like one point where we thought they might have should have got a penalty and nothing happened. They would have just went, Bleh, done, killed out. Not these kids, dude. Eh, brush it off. So it was last year. Do you think we had too many of too many chiefs, too many individual, too many chiefs that were entitled to nothing? Because if you look at those players, and I love them, guys. Okay, I love some of those players. They came to our team. They thought we were going to do great. We had so many great, great paintball players on one team. All of which pointed fingers at each other, behind each other's backs. Yeah. All of which thought because they won on Houston Heat, because they won on Infamous, because they won on this, that they're coming in here to be the save a guy or whatever. Why did you win on those teams? Nobody realizes. Nobody even acknowledges that. Why did you win on those teams? You won on Infamous? Because there's a superstar on that team, and the team's built around that superstar. Okay, that superstar is Damian Ryan. Okay, you won on Heat because there's three superstars on that team. Okay, and then then when you narrow it all down and you look at some of those, you know, you won on this team because why, why, why? Because you played your role. You did your role player. You're not that superstar. You know, you you weren't that superstar on them. Mm -hmm. You could be that superstar, but you never took over and did that stuff. Why? Right. Because you had Fedorov that's going to win the game for you or whatever. You were a role player. And that's what people are missing is now what do they do? So they all quit or whatever. They went their own way. Where are they now? They're a role player on a great team. Go ahead and don't do your role. What's that team going to do to you? You're set, mm -hmm. okay? Because I got someone that'll do that role. Well, I think that's the that's why Dynasty, that's why Impact, that's why all those the top you know X Factor, that's why all those top teams right now are so good because they have those role players that do their job and they do it well. Right. You either want to be a leader, or you want to be a follower, and what that's you, what. Where do you want to be? Exactly. That's what we're, and I think with this new team, that's what we're trying to to accomplish. And I and they all have that mentality. You, and know? you have to believe. In each other and mm -hmm. the system. If you don't believe in that, because I look at it, and you, you have like Chris Sosin or one guy wouldn't do their job at that point because he didn't feel I made the right play call of this guy shooting this lane. So he would take his gun in his own brain under the five seconds of the start box and decide I'm going to shoot this lane. In actuality, when you watch all the games, we all have the same freaking game plans mm -hmm. in our arsenal. We all do. But it's the fact that they executed it. <laughs> you decided to shoot over here. Yeah. But now there's a big hole. That's like not blocking a blocker. Do you think football. that has been your issue with, not necessarily your issue, but let's say players who have played underneath you, their issue of not trusting you enough? Well, of course, because I mean, I, I came in, some of these guys never saw me play, never saw, you know, mm -hmm. never saw me win. They always, Billy Saransky won or or this guy won and stuff like that it was like, you know, we all won, dude. I won all these tournaments before this guy's came on the tournament or, or whatever. 
And yeah, there's a little learning curve in a paintball, but I know the sport, bro. Just believe in me. Mm -hmm. Don't be like, this guy is sitting on the other side of the field, the Dorito side, holding snake guy in? Are you kidding me? The second his ball stops firing, it's flash, go. Oh, yeah, he's going to see you. The sport he has changed, but he the, can't the, physically the shoot generalization you. of the sport yeah. is the same it's like, thing it's been for how long? It's like, oh, you don't believe me that I tell you you could. I had it the first year of me coaching. I had to take Zach Patient and another guy and put him on the Dorito side and have him shoot in the gap in the snake and say, stop firing for a split second. <laughs> and then Zach... The second he said flash across, it's physically impossible for the balls to exit that guy's gun. Once he stops, one, once he gives one delay of paint of pulling the trigger, one time, go across. You know? Mm. You see Mouse and these guys do it nonstop like it's nothing. Well, how the hell does he do it? You know how he does it? Because he knows you can't get shot from over there. Yeah. Okay? And he knows even if the dude's shooting... There's a 30% chance he's going to shoot me getting through that gap, if, if that. Yeah. So what if he sees me? You want him to see you. Well, you're pulling his gun. Boom. You're, you're, you're a pressure point. Mm -hmm. you're, you're forcing his mistake. And it's, so, you know, going back into the coaching role, was it a hard transition for you to go from oh, player to my coach? God, boy. And hard yeah. for you to kind of... You know, you know, because they don't explain I, those things. I didn't have any control on the field. You know, like when I played, I physically control the outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, I could take part in that at least. Then mm. I had myself to blame. Right. You know, coaching. You know, you were almost responsible for yourself when you were playing, but now you have everyone underneath you. You're, now you're I have to. For. You have to figure out. You have to make sure they do what they're supposed to do, or. Stay on the same page, and then and they never saw me play. So in their eyes, you know, they're entitled. They're this guy. So uh, who's this guy? I don't have to. I don't have to listen to this go. Or he's just a spaz, you know. And I'm not the type of dude that if you know, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. If you screw up, you screw up. Right. You know, plain and simple. What are you freaking retarded? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. Shouldn't even say that word. But you know, uh, just yeah. something, something derogatory, something not nice. You know, own it. Yeah. Own it. Own it. Own your own your mistake. Never once. For three years on my that old team, did I ever hear somebody say, ah, I screwed up. Yeah, that was me. I freaking made a good shot or this. It was always an excuse. Yeah. What the? Or it was this guy's fault. Well, I didn't trust my side over there, so I had to shoot over there. So, oh, so you gave up your, your side. But I didn't trust those guys over there. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have to trust your team. Okay? Yeah. Or don't be here. Okay? You have to trust them. You know, because then if if you're supposed to be doing something, you yourself, and you don't do it, I'm holding you accountable. Right. Me personally on the field with you, you let me get bunkered. You better. Say, oh, my bad, Bruno. If you acknowledge that, right. now I really can't say nothing. Well, I got to shoot over here because it. You just want to slap you. Mm -hmm. And nowadays you can't do that stuff. You know, some of these kids would say things. They come from this this generation of. Uh, say some, you know, to you and uh, or argue with you and just my thing. It's disrespectful. Okay, it's disrespectful, or it's it's me personally taking it as a threatening act or a threatening thing. So I just okay, bam, I'll hit you. Yeah, but you can't do that, you know. And then when you 
give him that look or give him a little. Then they go, oh my God, he was going to, you know, it's yeah. like, whoa. I don't know, these guys, you hold yourself accountability in this game and you go places. Like you look at, you know, Infamous or you look at some of these other, you know, um, X Factor, whatever, it doesn't matter, these top teams. Right. They hold themselves accountable. Their own actions. Now, with uh, you know, with having this drought on aftershock of not being able to to crack that top two, has that discouraged you in any way, or is it of just course. Or, it's or causes family issues? Causes I mean, big time home issues. Mm-hmm. It causes you know inside issues. It causes my confidence issues. It, it, it you know. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. It's the most discouraging thing I've ever done as far as my paintball career and stuff. Um, when you heard Team Aftershock, you were proud of that. People were, you know, nervous to play you or didn't want to play you, and, mm. you know, this and that. And then, then it's just like, oh my God, we're like one of the laughing stocks and the most entertaining thing yeah. is me spazzing out on the sidelines or telling them how my head's gonna fucking blow up stuff just want to go over there and ooh, well, I just want to I don't want to be there a lot of it's like a lot of it I, I like to feed off of that you know kind of transitioning into into now and, and the team we have now I I you know I'm telling you from me sitting here is that I feed off of a, a lot of your passion and your heart for the game right that helps me go mm-hmm. out and feel and do what I need to do and I think that what is going to be the difference maker for this team from past teams is that, one, they all respect you. Two, they all trust each other and the system and yourself. Mm-hmm. And three, all we want to do is play paintball and win. So, you know, and I think that should be everybody's roster has, has said that. But I think, I think truly the actions from last event, even though we went one and three or whatever, whatever but people saw us and the way we played and the way the games ran down and we people came up to us and said hey we can physically from a third person perspective we can see a difference uh, different uh, kind of flow with this new aftershock and i think i think that is why you're excited about it that's why i'm excited about it and i, I feel like this has the potential to be something that we've been lacking I'm I'm excited. I mean, I'm not gonna lie though. It it caused you know like like my Dawn gets upset because I come home and I'm just down in the dumps and stuff. This is in the past, right? And just like this is just you know. And then I watch the games, and it's like you know like last year. I mean, God, we were only would lose by one point mm-hmm. nonstop, you know. And it would be like, and you watch those points and be like, oh my God, bro, if you would have. You, why? Wait a minute. You were supposed to go here and shoot here. Right. Why are you over here? Why are you in the snake? Why are you supposed to be the X, bro? And you ran to this side on the break because you changed your mind. Mm-hmm. Because the one guy would be like, um, where are you shooting? 
well, I'm, I'm, you're going echo, but 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 I'm, yeah. I, I I feel better shooting that shot from that angle. So you go here, huh? Yeah. He goes off. This guy goes through this, and this other guy's like. So do you have so the what I said? Do you have that kind of same feeling with, no, this, with God, this new no. squad? No, 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 no. no well, no, I no. I mean the 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 confidence and the new the new feeling. I have total confidence that we have with this. The only thing I was worried about. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, because these guys were all you know new in this. To the pro circuit. Yes, to the pro circuit. They've been playing for a while. These freaking kids ain't new. Yeah, they've been playing for a long while. Is, are they going to be outgunned and outmatched by these players and stuff? We played practice dynasty Thursday. I mean, we got pooped. (laughs) Yeah. But it was off the break. Right. And it was, you know, whatever. And the the way the field was and and we were rushed and we were all of our faults, all of our faults Mm. and stuff like that. Don't get discouraged, guys. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. We know what we're doing. You know, like LJ uh, Parrish, I don't think he lived. I think he played probably 15 points against Dynasty mm. and maybe a cumulative lived for 30 seconds right. out of all of it. And But then he played, you know, super solid in, in the event and had his little shiny moments, had his brain fart moments, mm-hmm. whatever. But that just, you know, but every time he went up a ladder, up a step on the ladder, right. and we all did. We all yeah, did, and progressively got better. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's a good, um, I think that's a good, you know, point to to kind of slow down the conversation because, uh, you know, I, I, I want to go out on this podcast just saying that what I think we see in this team that hopefully other people are seeing is a different aftershock, a more confident, hungry, humble, humble. Um, you know, and, and a team that really just wants to go out there and win for the name that's on the front of the jersey. That's what everybody wanted to win for the name on their back. Mm. Not the name on the front. That's a huge deal, bro. That's a huge yeah. deal. I don't want to, you know, go out there and sure play. I want to be proud to be Mike Bruno when I'm playing yeah, and stuff like that. But I'm bringing it for here. I'm right. doing it for here. If it meant... If it meant me standing up, right, and running for knowing I'm going to get shot step two, and then step three, four, five, I'm going to take multiple mores, you know, and hurt, basically get pounded for Billy, you know, to slide into the snake and get next to dudes and shoot those dudes because of the commotion I caused. Yeah. Okay. And I don't shoot anybody, but he shoots four guys. Well, I'm doing it. but. Yeah. I got. I ain't. I ain't too proud. But you know what? He would do it too. Yeah, same. And it, it guys don't understand. There's things that could happen in a game where you need your cannon fodder. <laughs> Just yeah. fucking take the paint. Mm-hmm. You know, take the paint or make the move. Whatever you got to do to get this other guy to make. Right. You know, when stuff's not. You know. I think that's that mentality of the team mm-hmm. of the crew that we have now. So and and you know from. From me to you, um, I'm just telling you that you know these guys they trust you, and they 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 are buying into the system, and it's good, man. I think it's good for you. I think it's good for the team. Good for us, and I think I'm I'm very excited for the year, and I hope you're excited for the year. I know you, I'm very excited. Always and, excited, you know. But. Yeah, I mean, you definitely seem more excited this year than you have in past. So that that makes me happy, and. Um, you know, I think it's going to be good. I, I, I really do. I really can't wait well, to Well, you're talking uh, to about play. guys back 
that didn't even show up for practice because mm-hmm. they just thought they were so good. Yeah, you know, and or and didn't care to even call and say, you know, whatever. And that goes back to this guy's on this team now. Do that for them. See what happens. Yeah, we basically always got everybody's overspill. You know, I think you, Brian, AJ, um, Rob Velez. You know, some of those first few guys, they were mm-hmm. there because they wanted to be there. Yeah. But then it got into, you know. Yeah, you it's going to be it's I'm, it's going to be different. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be different. We should, we should probably <laughs> wrap it up. Um, you know, I definitely didn't really get into uh everything I wanted to get into because we have, you know, a bunch of stories of of old aftershocks still. Ask me a question. But we all had asked me the question. Well, no. What question do you want me to I ask? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> it was alleged, okay? I mm-hmm. was never caught, never been penalized. Just leave it at that. It was Did you get wet? all allegations. It was raining. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be for another podcast. Well, thank you, Mikey, for sitting down. Um, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I really can't wait for the season. I'm excited. And, you know, I, I think that uh, it's only only up from here yeah I'm excited yeah not saying we're gonna go out there and just we're better than everybody and crap on everybody but we're definitely gonna try we're excited to play and I think that's that's a start so thank you Mike and um, you know we'll uh, let's wake up and and get to the grind tomorrow I need a smoke <laughs> thanks Mike Thank you so much, Mike, for sitting down with me. Um, I'm glad I was finally able to get you to talk on this damn thing. It took forever to get him to uh, to do the podcast with me. Uh, I tried at an event, at a practice, and he was either sleeping or preoccupied with everything. So thank you so much, Mike, for sitting down and uh, and you know doing this with me. Uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to listen to this because Mike does have some great points and. And I think his way of thinking isn't, you know, isn't that far off. And uh, I think he has some logical points. So thank you, Mike, for, uh, for doing this. Thank you to Planet Eclipse for supplying Chicago Aftershock with some great equipment. The LVR series, the, uh, the CS1, the, the kit bags, the t-shirts, all that coolness. Uh, and, you know, and thank you for, uh, for supporting myself throughout the years and this podcast. Thank you, Midwest Clothing, for the awesome headgear. If you go over to MidwestClothingLLC.com, you can find all kinds of coolness, uh, pants, shirts, long sleeves, mainly headgear. You guys really need to check out that section. Uh, it is very, very, very cool. Thank you to Vantrition. They have the paintball preload, the reload, and all kinds of sweet proteins at Vantrition.com. Uh, thank you to Carbon Paintball for the... Uh, for the base layer that Chicago Aftershock is using. I really enjoy it. It's been a base layer change for me. Not only, I, I've gotten rid of just the knee pads under there. I'm now wearing their base layer. And, uh, and they're coming out with a new top layer. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. Thank you, Carbon Paintball. And thank you, Raza, for creating some of the nastiest, sweet beans jerseys out there. Uh, I, I Every practice, I wear the throwback Chicago Aftershock jersey I'm super proud of that thing I think it looks awesome uh, so, but they can make you whatever the hell you want so thank you uh, Raza you can find them over at Raza Life 
youtube.com. So thank you guys for listening. I really, really appreciate all of the support and the positive feedback. Uh, you know, that's that's the whole reason I'm doing this is to spread the stories of, of all these great players and great minds in our game that we enjoy playing so much. And, uh, and you know, it kind of gives a little insight to, uh, to all these mystical legends and, uh, and everyday players, really. And, you know, I, I enjoy having the conversations with them, and I really hope you guys enjoy listening. So do not forget to subscribe on iTunes and on SoundCloud. I am also over, at, uh, over on Facebook. You can find myself at Carl Microwave Markowski, and then also the Playing On Podcast. We also have a new uh, a fan page over there. Uh, Instagram, the Playing On Podcast, and myself, C. Mark Hizzle, and, uh, and on YouTube at Carl Markowski. So thank you guys so much for joining me. I really, really do appreciate it, and there are so many more great uh, episodes to come, so make sure you keep an eye out. So thank you, everyone, and uh, we will see you next time on the Playing On Podcast. Take care, everybody.